0: Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Hello, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for coming to visit me here at my humble abode, Steve's Cottage. Got a good show for you, but first, I want to tell you I am mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Seriously, I, I I'm not as mad as I was when I was driving uh, to a, uh, a a business appointment earlier today, but you know I've kind of simmered down. But, you know, sometimes life just gets, uh, gets the best of me sometimes with all, with all of its uh, uh, phoniness and hypocrisy and uh, idiocy. It kind of reminded me of that uh, 70s movie uh, Network with Faye Dunaway and um, uh, Peter Finch. You know, I'm mad. He was a network broadcaster, and he was saying the types of things that I am alluding to now about the hypocrisy and the nuttiness and the insanity. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Let me hear all of you. Get out to your window, yell out your cars, stop at the intersections, and yell to the world I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, you know what happens when you do that? You end up in jail. They know people are pissed off. They know the uh, issues are 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 crazy. They know that that you know people are, are 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 being pushed up against the wall with hypocrisy and lies. And that's some of the stuff I'm gonna talk about in the next uh, uh, in, in this next program. I was gonna call the show as I alluded to last time, the uh, the goodness. I decided on the pitfalls of volunteer work, because usually you think, oh, well, it's a good thing you're going out there to volunteer work. Well, then I came back and I thought, no, I'll do the uh, infamous Paradella Chronicles uh, Part 2, because when I'm talking about, see, it used to be called Cunt Chronicles. And of course, on this show, ladies and gentlemen, CUNT is an acronym, meaning can't understand normal thinking. Let's do it together. C period, U period, N period, T period. Women have their periods. Men, we have our exclamation marks. See, that's, that's that's funny because he said point, I said mark. When you look it up in the dictionary, it has both. It does. That's funny. Sean, you're quite a guy. Okie dokie. So anyhow, see, that's what I'm talking about. Comradery business camaraderie friendship camaraderie that keeps you from going crazy so uh let's call this the infamous paradelic chronicles part 2 because uh you know it's it's synonymous with uh, cunt chronicles and uh and and before i get to some of those issues well this this story here this personal story kind of institutes a, uh, a a cunt chronicle About twice a year, the uh, people who own Casablanca and uh, the Virgin uh, down in Mesquite, which is is just about a 40 minute drive for me. I go uh, right, you know, I'm on the southwestern corner of Utah. So just a few miles out of town, I've got the northwestern corner uh, of Arizona that I go through during, through the uh, beautiful Virgin River Gorge, where I often go down and pick up garbage and litter on the side sideways, which is a great bit of volunteer work. And then just a few miles outside of the gorge, you get into uh, Mesquite, Nevada, where they've got the casinos and they send me a coupon for a night. And uh, not because I'm a gambler, because I'm not a gambler. It's because I'm a good guy and I'm on their mailing list. So I take advantage of it. So I was down there watching the uh, football game because the the, uh, f- the free nights are Sunday through Thursday. And, uh, you know, off-peak numbers. Well, when there's a big football game on, you kind of benefit. And besides that, when it's 55 degrees in St. George as it was, oftentimes it's 8 to 10 degrees warmer in Mesquite. Sometimes even warmer than Las Vegas, which is further down the road. And that's the way it was on Sunday. So uh, So I pulled up... <coughs> Got my baggage, checked in, came back out, get my little mini cooler. And I thought, I'm just going to sit in the parking lot and toss my football around and have a beer by myself. And, and then three guys rolled in from California, and uh, they were hipsters. And we played a really solid uh, game of uh, touch football out there on the parking lot. It was really fun. And then ran into them later on in the casino after they had lost their drawers on, on playing blackjack. But they still, they, uh, they maintained their humor. Well, so I went in and uh, had a good time, uh, went out to the poolside, had another beer, and a whole bunch of natives, Navajo, were at the uh, pool. And, uh, and uh, one of them just started really cozying up to me, got out of the pool, came over to me, and uh, said, Steve, where are you going to be later on? Well, I'm thinking this is the major hustle. You know, her name is Lori. And she's a full-blood uh, Navajo, and and her son wants to tell me that he's uh, queer and he's gay and he has all sorts of lewd jokes. And I said, "Oh, you want I have nothing to do with you on that, you know." And he laughed. And I'm I'm bouncing a hacky sack around, having a beer, and just enjoying the weather. Well, she wants to make sure that I'm going to meet her downstairs. And I said, "I don't know." I well, as it as it turns out, I, I'm I, I, I get down to where they're watching the game, and uh and and she's there, and you know she's. She looks, you know, she's well-kept, well-dressed, funny, very funny, laughs at my stuff. I laugh at hers. And uh, so she makes good company. Well, this is the funny thing. I bought a couple of beers for us, you see. And so the woman comes around, puts it on the table, a cup of Coors Light. And uh, I, said, uh, I said, Lori, I'm going to step outside and just have a puff of cigarette. I like to do that. It's a break in the action. I like to see people. I like to get away. I don't want to smoke in here. I came back. Her beer was gone and half of mine. And then she was gracious and said, here, Steve, let me pour your, your beer. I said, Where, where's the rest of it? Well, she had drunk it. <laughs> have you ever been out with a woman who's drinking your beer behind your back? Well, then... Later on, she did it again. I, I just couldn't believe it. And uh, I was going to buy her supper, and I brought her in, and, and we were going to eat. And and I made a Vikings joke to the crowd, and they all laughed. And then she rambled some nonsense to them, and they were left bewildered. And so she sat with me, and she said she wants to order a wine. And I said, no, I'm, I'm I, that was the deal. I'm not buying you a wine, Okay. I am done buying you. I'm going to buy a, a nice light supper for the both of us, okay? She, she just stared at me, seriously, about three minutes. And then she got up and she said, I'm going to leave. I'm thinking, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but you see, this, and she shook my hand, and, you know, I didn't have to worry about her being angry or nothing. But, uh, see, I ran into that with the Navajo gal in St. George, And her name is Jeanette. Same crazy drinking, trying to con you type of attitude. So when the white women come out and tell me that I'm racist and sexist because I spot some people and their various peculiar wretched behavior, they call me racist and sexist, you see, and and, and, and a misogynist. And I'm saying, well, you're just trying to suck off their uh, woes. By calling me names, but I know this to be true. They've been saddled with a real poor me attitude. These dang uh, natives. I mean, just drive through their reservation sometime. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a landfill. And then they and, and then they're trying to take good hearted, good old Steve to the cleaners, you know. And who, who knows where this would have gone if I had let these two girls run away with my emotions and my bank book. I, I'm, unbelievable. I'm just a little too savvy for them, I guess, but who knows what's going on with, uh, with what they're uh, trying to uh, get done in life or accomplish or who they're trying to uh, screw over. Anyhow, last week was—we uh, had a good show last week. I just want to clean up a few things. When I said Half Moon Bay, remember I was talking about that Asian that shot up some other Asians? Half Moon Bay, I was I, I had that a little bit confused with Morro Bay, possibly, when I, when I put it in the kind of proximity of Santa Barbara. I look it up. Half Moon Bay is up near uh, San Francisco. And then uh, also, <laughs> when I told you that Yuma's in Texas, and I go, no, it's in California— Because I was talking to you about, you know, the proximity of neat things right around St. George. And I said, uh, and Yuma is a fun place to take a break to because it's usually, you know, quite a bit warmer during the winter. And uh, it's just a hop, skip and a jump right over the border. Uh, uh, Make sure you bring your visa and uh, and uh, or your passbook, whatever the hell it's called. And uh, so you can get back in the country without any hassle And then you have a cerveza feria, you see, and you're talking some trash with the locals, and that's always kind of fun. At least I enjoy it. But that is in Arizona. And the reason that sometimes I make these uh, BOFO mistakes is because I'm trying to stay on track with a train of thought, you see. And as I get uh, motoring here, sometimes I get ahead of myself or the motor just stops which is kind of fun. And I don't look at it like, oh, there's a there, there's a brain fart or there's a senior moment, you know. I learned a long time ago, even when I was in my 40s, I said, you know, because I have a tendency to get ahead of myself, and so then I forget where I am and where I was. And, uh, and uh, he, Sean, what the hell was I talking about? No, just kidding. Getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> he fell for it. Okay, so anyhow, <clears throat> when I was I was on I was on the phone talking to my friend John, and uh, I was telling him about having my Achilles uh, tendon ruptured in nineteen early '80s. I think it was 1980, and I think it was the year that John Lennon was blasted. And uh, my friend Gary and I uh, had taken my son Paul, age two, to watch us. He was in a stroller or whatever, and Gary and I were playing a game of tennis, run for the net. Back up. Run for the net. Back up. As my momentum is going backwards, I'm lunging forward and snap. My Achilles tendon on my left leg just busted like a rope. No pain, but I could hear it. I'm down on the ground. Gary, you're going to have to take Paul home. I'm going to hobble over to the, to the hospital because uh, bad injury. And my ankle was just like this. I, I, I lift it up. Boom. Lift it up. Boom. No internal bleeding, nothing, no shock, no nothing. So uh, uh, I, I, I was admitted right away into the hospital. Next morning, I'm wheeled into the uh, surgery room. And this doctor is, uh, I, I said, What is your name, doctor? I found out his name was Darky Florschutz. And he is a man from uh, Romania. So, I mean, it's like right out of Transylvania because he said, my name is the Darky Floor shoots. I said, Doc, take real good care of me because I'm an athlete, want to continue life with, you know, a, 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 a lot of flexibility and dexterity and being able to play. No problem. You be, you'll be set off to be able to be just right up on top of your game. So I told John this, and I said... The guy is like that 1930s uh, or 40s vampire, the black and white out of the TV. What was his name? What was his name? He goes, Lon Chaney. No, 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 no. He goes, Lon Chaney Jr., no, 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 no. Uh, Boris Karloff. No, 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 no. I can't get the name. I can't get the name. when I go through the alphabet. Is it A? Is it B? Is it B? Because I'm not suckering up for the brain farts. I'm not suckering up for the senior moments. I'm trying to work this out. I'm not going to jump on the computer. I'm going to let the brain know I'm in charge. So I keep working on it and working on it and working on it. Usually in the next morning, I've got the answer when I wake up, you see. So I let the brain know that I'm not going to just dissolve this into old, uh, excuses. And, uh, and, uh, I told John, you know, I'll probably remember who it is the moment I get off the phone. Well, we talked for 10 more minutes. We hung up and boom, I called him right back and he said, who is it? And I said, oh, I can't, re- no, <laughs> I don't want to play that game with you anymore. I said, Bella Lagosi." And he goes, yeah, that's right. Well, he said, that's right. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a good nugget of information for people, especially in my age group, because the computer is so accessible that you don't train your mind to search the memory banks for the answer to your question. And... And that's why I'm very happy that I got involved in a couple of plays over the last 10 years, because you have to memorize your lines. And uh, I was in one play here that lasted for two consecutive weeks a couple of years ago, and I was Clarence in The Wonderful uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And I was the angel, and uh, that has a lot of lines. And uh, that took a lot of uh, dedication and determination And uh, that was a blast. And I think that was really instrumental in keeping my brain as sharp as it is uh, up into the age I am. And I've told you my age. The day I was born, Jackie Robinson was in Chicago receiving the Rookie of the Year Award. Well, in that last episode, I also talked about, boy, it's a complicated society. And if you were listening to me, you might say, ah oh, come on Horner, come on, get strong, be a toughie. It's not complicated. You just handle it day by day. come on, you put your life together, you put the strings together, you tie the net uh, you tie the knots and then you cruise along and you joy enjoy all the good things and boy oh boy, look at all the luxuries we have and all of the good life and everything and that's that's fine. That is why we continue to complicate things by building the, uh, the infrastructure that we do because we're mostly feeling pretty good. But then when it breaks down, we have a tough time, right? Right. Then when we lose our health, Or we get into a complicated society, we learn a little bit more about what some of the early native tribes resisted owning in the early days after the Spanish brought over the horses. Owning horses. Some of the natives didn't want to have horses because it was going to be more work, more maintenance, more work than it's worth. More dependence on something that, when it's not there, things crumble. How about when your network goes down, your internet, your your, your uh, cell phone doesn't work? All of a sudden, there's a little uh, th- there's a little wrench in your system, isn't there? But. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about, the digital world and the apps and the constant racket of advertising and marketing and the social networking and the repairs and the upkeep and the expenses and the jobs and the spouses and the girlfriends and the health and the kids and the boss and the traffic and the shopping and the entertainment and the travel and the groceries and the wash and the cooking. You know, there used to be a name for that called the rat race. And usually we can keep up with it until there's a divorce or a stalking injunction or harassment or the bank account flops or the house flops or the, uh, the taxes are due and we don't have the money, the job busts, the health busts. Then all of a sudden things get really, really complicated, don't they? And then you try to hide the complications with drugs and that just complicates things even more don't they you think that extra drink is going to solve the pain or the uh that uh, the, that that extra uh drug that you uh might be taking that uh, is uh, mostly illegal but sometimes not you think that's going to hide the pain it does momentarily but it does a- a- exacerbate the, uh, the 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 problem and then things get uh, re- really 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 tough and um and uh and uh you know, you, you, you look back at some of these things and you wonder how, you know, like when I was a single parent, I look back on all the, uh, oper- on, on all the responsibilities that I had and doing my own business with advertising and marketing and uh, running my home and groceries and wash, and all these things that I listed earlier. How in the hell did I do that? I talked to my friend Carol. She was a single parent for you. How did we do this? I don't know. I'm just glad I don't have to do it again, but I sure had the grace and power of God on my shoulder doing it then. I must have, because I don't know how I did it. And when you get to be my age, you'll wonder and you'll look back on your accomplishments and you'll also say, I don't know how I did it, but we we do it. And, and what I'm suggesting is that you take some of my suggestions for real and scale back on, Complicating your life because <clears throat> there's no Scandahoovian uh, uh, axiom that says the faster you go, the behinder you get. And that's true. The more you have, the more you need. Maintenance. Payments. Care. So I just suggest, uh, you know, be a little more proactive and scale it back because, you uh, I think you'll be, uh, I I think you'll be happier. You know, this uh, Memphis shooting that I touched on last week um, got me on the phone. I talked to a couple of black groups. I talked to this uh, person. uh, I was actually emailing them. They're called the 100 Black Women in Atlanta. And uh, I said, you know, don't you think it's about time that you people buy some mirrors? You know, I was telling you about—I uh, was telling you about uh, meeting this uh, native, Lori, and then Jeanette up here in Saint George. They've been saddled with this poor me attitude. Blacks are being saddled with this poor me attitude. Jews are being saddled with this poor me attitude. It has nothing to do with race. It just says, oh, you've had such a hard time, you need reparation, you need favors. You know who's always the enemy? White guys like me. (laughs) This European, Germanic type of ancestry, we are always the problem, according to them. So it's not about race, it's about behavior. At least that's my perspective. I look at them saddling themselves with all these excuses and I say, that is your problem. You're 14% to these black people, 14% of the population, but you're, you know, look at the high percentage of kids that are black in jails and kill each other. Well, this woman from this 100 uh, black uh, women called me back. Her name is Cynthia, and I'm trying to tell her, and they don't want to be told nothing Because you see, when you go to their website, they got all sorts of sponsors, utility companies, Coca-Cola, all sorts of uh, liberal organizations. They're sponsoring this 501c3. I told Cynthia, that's because they want you out of sight, out of mind. They want to give to these black people because I don't want you. I don't want you at my door. (laughs) It's like when you see the wealthy homes with Black Lives Matter. They don't want to be vandalized. So they just want to, you know, donate to get rid of you. And all that does is exacerbate the, the, the problem. So they're not used to talking about some of these issues of, why don't you, you know, why why am I always the fault? Why are you blaming me with systemic racism? Give me an example and then that's when she flies off the coop. Have you ever heard or heard a black woman really start yelling? I have many times. You can't get a word in edgewise, and I'm a pretty loud, talkative type of guy. If you haven't noticed, so I can't get a word in. Then she takes a pause to breath, and I'm saying, "Well, these are only the types of things that I'm seeing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, "That's right, Mister Hornet. These are things that you think, but they're wrong." You know, so. Okay, so in other words, the kids are graduating and you do have a lot of money and the and 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 the men are present in the upbringing of these and she goes crazy and then I said now you're going to hang up with me. She starts yelling at me a, a little bit more and then she, uh, she she hangs up on me. So this is all part of the infamous Paradella Chronicles, formerly called cunt Chron- uh cunt Chronicles. I just don't think, folks, you know, uh, with these, you know, incidences like the Memphis shooting, that now they're blaming the cops instead of blaming this uh, black punk for resisting arrest, like they've all done since Watts is a resisting arrest, and that's why the cops get angry. But they keep enabling these kids with their need for reparation, which I think just creates them an, an, an attitude of arrogance and vindictiveness. Well, folks, that's about it for today. I didn't get to uh, some of the stuff I was going to talk about, but uh, it's it's fun it's 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 fun chatting with you. And uh, if you're ever uh, in need of really a great read, come to stevehornerbooks.com and buy one of my books. Show me some love. You'll think this guy wrote this with a crystal ball because all my stuff is so. Uh, um, it's so right on. You'll enjoy it, and uh, and and uh, I'll, I'll I'll feel like I'm I'm loved and want to give you more. So, until next time, you stay on that less traveled trail of life, because I promise you, it brings you more rewards and a better, better, better scenery. Until you come to visit me again, this is Steve saying, stay cool. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.